Peace family, welcome to this month's Astro Audio. Here we take a moment to engage in the alchemy that lives within and surrounds us. I am your host, Safi, one-seventh of Team Ascendance. Let's ascend. Raise up, get yourself together, and drive that monkey soul. When I say Sagittarius, drive that monkey soul. Birthday, Gemini's, <laughs> and happy Gemini season to all of us. I am so excited to be here, to be back another month, man. Um, Gregorian 2019, of course, is just flying by. And if you've been with us for a while, um, then you know it is no slowing down. Time is literally moving faster and will continue to move faster as we go. So uh, this astro audio, I love this because it gives us the information that we need to kind of like ground ourselves amongst all these moving parts. So uh, welcome back again for our folks who be here. And um, hey, if you're new. So what we do here first is we get into reverence and invoking the ancestors I usually do a little spill about the age of Aquarius um, in astrology. Astrology always understands that it's both feminine and masculine, and it moves through all of these different energies and, and moving and, and, and showing one dominance, usually in its masculine or its feminine self, but it's all one. And in this age of Aquarius, we really are moving back to our one. So I preference any of the she's and the he's. I'm speaking from an astrological um presence which encompasses all all right so with that being said for our feminine energy an ancestor gemini ancestor that we're going to be honoring this month is hermelia galindo yes hermelia galindo she was born in june 2nd 1886 in durango mexico or mexico um which is a free sovereign state in Northwest Mexico is what I learned. So like that's amazing and like stand up for sovereignty from capitalism um, and stand up Mexico. <laughs> yes. Uh, she transitioned on August 18th, 1954 at the age of 68 in Mexico City. And she's fucking dope. So let's just get into a little bit about her. She was highly educated. Um, and she moved to Mexico, Mexico City. And when she moved to Mexico City, she got involved in a lot of like liberal clubs and became a public supporter. Eventually, this politician took to her and um, she took to him. They just really uh, got, they got, you know, their mind to minds. They understood where they were coming from. And this politician had the financial backing because he was a rich dude. Um, and, and the, the knows, the know-hows to really encourage her to stay with her writing. She was a writer and to go keep doing the things that he could finance it. So 
what she did was she she did stay with her riding and now with this backing this financial backing and just this moral support um she was a beast she made her own magazine which is called or which was called at that time the modern woman i need y'all to remember that this is 1886 and she's making a magazine in mexico called the modern woman all right don't play with her uh, and in that, she just wrote about everything that was going on at that time, and but specifically women's rights. So she was a feminist through and through, talking about uh, the right to vote for Mexican women, um, the, the equality, wages, um, and most important, well not most importantly, but what I really was like, damn girl, is she went after the Catholic Church about their domestication of women and really was just like, this is not okay. And once again, this is 1886 to be making this type of stance. Um, as a woman, as a Latina woman or, you know, Latinx woman, this was, this was just huge. And so all of her things that she did with, with her feminist movement um, helped this politician get wind and he won. Um, ironically, or should I not say so ironically, as they normally do, he got into office and didn't do fuck shit <laughs> what he said he was going to do. And of course, um, when, we, when we idolize our leaders, when we idolize our leaders, um, and forget their humane aspects, a lot of times that will lead to heartbreak. And so what she did with that heartbreak and with that frustration was she decided to run for deputy. Yes! Chick ran, ran for deputy and she won. And they did not honor her votes of winning um, because at that time there was, it was a law against women holding any kind of public office and she wanted to just be very clear that um, it was time it was overdue and that a woman could win uh, she later then went on to do a lot of revolutionary clubs all over central america um especially mexico where she just sowed seeds into how what she did could be duplicated over and over again and she chilled out for the rest of her life which i really respect like went hard but also knew when it was like okay i did what i needed to do i i said my piece and now it's time for y'all to pick up the torch and so we salute her mojuba um and for our masculine energy we are going to be honoring and evoking baba curtis mayfield he is also of course a gemini born on june 3rd so they were day apart as far as their dates but he was born in 1942 in chicago uh cabrini projects cabrini green stand up chicago stand up um and he transitioned december 26 1999 um in roswell georgia so i have a hyperlink that is attached to um, his image as well as um, Hermelia's. It's in Spanish, so I don't know how to read Spanish. And then I did do a hyperlink for English. And I really want more um, things written about her. I want more things, um, she needs to be known more. So I was really, really excited to learn about her. 
um, but with the hyperlink for Curtis Mayfield, I love because he starts, the, the documentary starts off about who was his influences. And his major influencer was his grandmother. And he said that it would be people of all colors, um, all movements and ways of life in his grandmother's house. And so he came to find out that his grandmother was a healer. She would, she had her altar rooms, she had her candles, she had her spiritual practice and people from all walks of life came to her for her healing. So I know that um, he is very proud of Ascendance and us coming together in New Orleans and doing the spiritual work and feels quite at home on the altar um, due to his grandmother. He also talks about like that was her form of healing and that was her form of um, communicating with the world and he used his stage as his place to communicate with the world that was his pulpit what he called it um the documentary is about 40 minutes long it's really really good it explains um how in a very interesting chance of fate how he wound up in a wheelchair so i do i mean his perspective on 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 the whole thing is just phenomenal um i think speaking about his perspective i could talk a lot about curtis um but when i have my good friends um pessimism and my good friend depression when they want to come and sit and talk um, I'll allow them to talk and I allow us to have a really good conversation. And when that conversation is done and I think we got what we needed from each other, there is a song of Curtis that always, always makes me feel better about living on this planet and in this time. And I'll play a little excerpt for you right now. Your dream is your only scheme. Yes! 
yes yes <laughs> the jam that jam so that song is like eight minutes nine minutes long like that was just a taste like go get the whole anthem like it's 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 a truly a healing healing track um we want to salute all of the known and unknown ancestors who were gemini that um the wise and the well ones the wise and the wells ones and the ones that weren't wise and well uh we edified them to lift up into their proper place um and all of us who have family members, loved ones, um, companions of sorts that were Gemini, we salute them. We give thanks for their ability of coming before us and allowing us to um, further enhance the path that they've laid out for us. So we salute them, Mojuba. I also want to say, again, that the ancestors are one of the most challenging part about doing the astro audio, and I would love any assistance that people have, whether it is literally their um, family members or people that they know should be honored. Just even give me the names um, if you're not sure, and I can research. If they're, you know, public figures, I can research their birth time um, and their transition and, and find out where in the astrological um, cycle their place, where their son is. So that's the ancestral call. If you have an ancestor that you would like to be honored, please email me and I would love to do that. Um, and I'm very grateful about collecting this database of amazing individuals um, that have supported us. So happy birthday, Gemini's. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Happy birthday again, Gemini's. It is your season. And a once again, happy Gemini season to all of us. Um, if you know my motto, we are all 12 signs. We experience 12 months in a year. We experience all of the energies and, and they are all in our natal chart. So Gemini affects you. Um, it affects you whether you know it or not. Um, and it definitely are sun signs, the ones that experience birthdays, they really get to move with that energy, with their destiny. The sun represents, you know, our, our destiny, our romance, our creative expression, our children, the way we work with children. If the house of pleasure is what Leah, well, the fifth house. And that is what is ruled by the sun. And the sun works with Leo. So all of that is what we're talking about when we say, hey, what's your sun sign? What's your sign? And so these Geminis get to walk with that 360 days of the, of the year. And we get to work with those energies 365 <laughs> days of the year. Let me put that five on it. So let's get into a little bit about Gemini and the basics of this energy. There is a document on this um, blog post that says Gemini. Those are all the correspondence. It's a beautiful correspondence um, poster that I do for y'all. So you can pull from these work resources to make your rituals, to create your rituals, to, to learn more about these energies. And so underneath that, it is a thing called um, documents. And um, you're going to click on that. And there, once you get to that, it's going to bring up a PDF. And that PDF file, I walk you through step by step 
how to retrieve your natal chart from astro.com. There are tons of apps out there and I'm really excited about how astrology is growing in the circular community, in the secular, <laughs> in the secular community. This is amazing um, and it's time. It's time. Um, however, I really, really like astro.com because there's going to be other things as we grow as a community that I'll want you to do, like pull your solar return chart, like do comparisons and things of that nature. And not all of these apps have that. And even if they have it, they usually don't all have aspects and ways for us to really get into it. So creating an astro account um, is strongly beneficial for the longevity of your astrological studies. So once you get all of your information, now you'll have your natal chart. And when I talk about these things, you can go to your natal chart and refer to um, what, 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 where is focus? What, what is all that we're talking about dealing with? Um, even so, it really is good to have a printout of your natal chart somewhere safe. Well, you know, you know, everybody can't see it. <laughs> I went in one person's house and they had like their natal chart framed and on the wall. And I think, you know... I'm just a private person, and um, of course I think if you know you're only letting certain energies into your house, then that's one thing. Um, but I just think this is very private and sacred information. However, I understand people who come from communal livings and traditions where there is no privacy and that your family and your community supports your astrological. At one point, we got these charts when we were at birth right when we came out nine days seven days until we were named and the first people to see our chart no oh i thought it went off <laughs> i was like no my screen froze up but it's still here all right <laughs> um the first people to see our chart was our community they they knew our chart better than we knew our chart because they knew they had to support us in our growth process so yin yin yang but having that printed off, let's get into it. So Gemini rules the third house. I call this the house of the why, right? So we have 12 houses. All of our houses let us know the area of our life that that, 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 that energy works on, right? And so I also like to think of those houses as ages one through 12, okay? And so we were one years old in Aries season, right? We were two years old in Taurus season. We just left that, right? One, we're getting used to, uh, we're just here. We're still primal. We're in between this date and the dream world. Two, we're learning, oh shit, we're getting flooded with all of these, these values and tangibles. We're getting our motor skills together. We're learning like, oh gosh, okay, I have legs. I can walk. I can grab. I can pull on things, right? And we start doing that. We start grabbing. We start walking. We start pulling on things. And then we have these adults who tell us, no, don't do that. Or be careful. Watch, you know, all of these things that they start telling us. And our general question when we are told these things at three years old is why <laughs> why 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 and I think it goes so into the area that it focuses on it focuses on the um the educational sector from birth to 12th grade so these are all of the children you know what I'm saying from K through um well like I said from zero all the way to 12th grade and I want to acknowledge um, Aria, uh, she graduated 
from pre-K. I'm really excited about that for her. So I salute her graduation. Um, my other niece, she graduated from one of her, um, it's like pre-pre-K, she graduated and got some butterfly award. So Jade, I salute you. Um, and then I have my other niece, Juicy, who is getting promoted into middle school and she's graduating on June the 7th. And I salute her work. I'm very proud of them. I'm about to tear up, but I love them so much and I'm just so proud of the work that they're doing. And so going to all of these graduations, I've been seeing it on Instagram. Instagram people showing their baby with their certificates it's 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 it doesn't surprise me that this lines up with this Gemini energy and so I salute the parents and I salute the teachers the educators of these young minds right because when you get to the why at that age it goes it's deep baby we're deep diving um so to put into reference, this is lower education is what they call it, right? And the house right across the street, 180 degrees um, above that is Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is the one that deals with the high um, collegiate, the, the, the PhD programs, your high priestess, your priestess, your ones who study astrology, you know, any of the, the, the religions, you know, this is your high sciences um, happen in Sagittarius. And so that's the high sciences. And then the lower sciences are here in the third house with uh, these, these, these um, the K through 12. I'm gonna keep saying it that way. That just feels good. So these teachers, these parents that have to get to this why, it goes deep real fast. So, okay, don't touch the stove. Well, why? Because it's hot. Well, what is heat? Heat is fire. Well, what is fire? Well, fire is an element. Well, what is the element? <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? There's always a layer and a layer and a layer and a layer to, uns um, to, to, to peel back, which takes extreme amount of patience on our half who are mothering and fathering these, these nurturing seeds. Um, and definitely, of course, with our educators, once again, takes a lot of patience. And what I love about that question is usually like grandmama's hood ways. After a while, it would just be because I said so, right? <laughs> and then for um, others, those questions, well, why, well, why, well, 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 what is this, well, what is that, would usually land you up to because that's the way God made it or that's because of the way the universe made it. Made it. I, those questions usually take you to source. And because you're dealing with a young mind, um, the way that you would just kind of answer really quickly, you can't do it like that. You yourself have to go back to your young mind and be like, well, what is fire? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, what is the element? Well, what it like? And so it takes you to a, a, a level of innocence that is, is just really, really awesome. And so, um, I, I salute that energy and it has me thinking about like prince because prince is also to a gemini and you know i love that song all seven and we'll watch them fall they'll stand in the way of love and we will smoke them all with an innocence yeah and i said warfare and it's like once again this is also gemini the house of fun this is the house of party so ways where educators and parents 
find a way to, to take these really complex understandings and put it in a way to where it's fun and where it's digestible for a young mind, right? For a young mind. Uh, Prince was raised it as Jehovah Witness from what I understand. I could be wrong or it might have been a seventh in Venice, but I think it was a Jehovah Witness. And, um, and to me, the interpretation of that, you know, all seven, talking about the seven deadly sins, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we'll watch them all fall. How will we do it with innocence? You know, I always talk to people like that are like, oh, well, if it was just one race, which we are getting back to. <laughs> and if it, if it was just one gender, which we are getting back to, <laughs> um, we will still be left with those seven quote unquote deadly sins, right? Of, of greed, of envy, of lust, of, you know, all of those. How, once we get all the bullshit out the way, we're just now getting to the matter of hand, the things that are, are deep seated that we have to deal with that. And we have to deal with that with an innocence, a child innocence of age three, right? In this third house. So I really love the house. What else does the house deal with? It deals with siblings, okay? It's also when you start realizing um, there's units, you know? It's not quite the family house. That's the fourth house. But siblings, you're like, oh, okay, this is... I got to talk to somebody. I got I got a neighborhood. It represents neighborhoods too. You know, it represents the way that these, these units kind of uh, come together. Now, who is it ruled by is what we're really get talking about and also why it's the house of communications. And that's because it is ruled by Mercury. So, Mercury, yes. And while I'm going to put a bookmark there, because what is really, really awesome is Musings um, has done a moon meditation and a Mercury meditation for us this month. And so I have a hyperlink for you to go ahead and click on those images and sign up where they're giving us um, a quick little read on all of the moon movements of Mercury, which is very important for this month because Mercury is the ruler of Gemini. So you wanna pay attention to what Mercury is doing this month. And then the moon, because a lot of things, um, they move through our emotive body. Like we're gonna feel everything that happens. So I'm really, I love that they paired those two. So definitely hop on so you can stay abreast to what Mercury and the moon is doing this month. Um, but Mercury, the communicator. So this is all about how we communicate. We're having same thing that age that three-year-old and the adults and the three-year-old and the siblings you know you have your sibling you gotta be like oh okay let me let me tell my sister what this means then okay let me or oh i can't stand my sister but like not really knowing why and then having to communicate that well she touched me why he touched me first you know all that shit that's fun but it is the the communicator this is the house you know mercury rules all forms um of communication this also the third house rules i'm going back to the house now short distance travel where sagittarius rules long distance travel the um third house rules short distance so as short as going to the grocery store which pulls immediately 
Mercury, right? So I need to go to the grocery store. Mercury rules the mind and how we think, how we communicate. Already I'm having to write a list. Well, what do I need? All right, so I get in the car and, you know, I have to get the list. I'm like, okay, but do I have enough gas? Okay, I got enough gas. All right, I get there. Do I have enough money? All of this brain activity because literally people try to get on fucking New Orleans, but you are making groceries. It's not like you go to the fucking grocery store and they're like, oh, you know, Safi's here. Here's your groceries. No, you go in there and you have to make your groceries. You have to pick the items in which you want to put in your basket. So therefore, you're calling once again and invoking this Mercury energy. Um, now, Mercury is the Greek gods, right? And this is what we call that planet that's, you know, by the Greeks. Um, some of our indigenous, and I'm speaking just on the brown that I do know, or excuse me, the black that I do know, indigenous cultures, is uh, this would be Eshu, or Baba Elegua, or Elegba, um, which is right on point <laughs> with Mercury energy in the African spiritual system um, of Ifa. We talk to and we open up all rituals with um baba legua baba eshu that is the first person you have to talk to there's a way that you invoke in all of the spirits calling all of the songs songs and there is an order and the first on that order is eshu and that is because eshu is called the divine messenger the greeks didn't get this from out the ethers they got it from us okay so let's be clear so eshu is the divine messenger you have to talk to eshu to make sure that your prayers come from the earth to the heavens that is the way this is the smoke that goes on this is also why we talk in our natives right when we give eshu we blow cigar when i get into my indigenous people they do smoke peace pipe always about this air god damn it come on preach something but this air <laughs> that goes and 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 if you didn't know we hadn't gotten there but gemini is an air season um an air element so this air that takes our messages from our indigenous cultures um that the smoke goes from earth to the heaven and so that's why smoking um any sorts of herbs is, is a ritual period you know and and it's good to pray with those with that smoke to be able to take those blessings up it also puts me in the mind of the catholics as well with their priest system i don't know much about that but um, how you have to go to the priest in the box and you tell the priest what's going on and the priest is the one that acts on your behalf. He's mimicking a shoe, um, which I think is just awesome, you know, to see how these things play out. One another principle that I'm aware of is in the Egyptian, the comedic sciences, the same principle we call Sebek. And I love Sebek energy. It's so powerful. It's the same thing. It's the why. Um, and in Sebek's, it's really the who. So we have all of these things that we think about. And I, you know, um, and it's not quite desires, but I think about desires because we usually, as people on this earth, have a lot of desires. Well, I want to do this by June, and I want to do that by, you know what I'm saying, January, and I want to go ahead and buy this, and I want to get that. So we have a lot of desire. I want my health to be better, right? All of these things. And what Sebek does, which is the same as Gemini, these are all the same names for the same thing. 
So what Sebek does in the comedic principle, when I say comedic, I mean, um, I mean that, <laughs> the, the fertile place of Africa, which has now um, been colonized as Egypt, um, but the Af Africa. <laughs> and so Sebek asks, well, who is it that wants these things? Okay, I, I get it. You, you say you want it, but no, like really sit with that. And who is it inside of you that wants it? And what Sebek does, it talks to the soul. And y'all know, I mean, shoot, this is called the soul center. So I have a beautiful, I love the soul. You know what I'm saying? I love the sun. I'm a Leo Virgo cusp, right? So I love that sun and what it means, our vitality, our force, our immortality, our immortality. One more time, our immortality. The soul is the immortal, it's the self. You know what I'm saying? We have um, our ego, you know, and then we have the self. And so the self is the immortal being that that remembers all the lifetimes, that remembers, that has all the ancestral memory of, of, of here and the galaxies that we come from. And that has a very clear understanding of why it wants something. And therefore, you can differentiate, is this the soul that wants something? Or, or is it my ego that wants this thing? And that's what Sebek does. Once again, pulling back on that mind energy. KRS-One does a lot of work around that and real allowing us to understand that we're moving with a lot of different people here. We're all skits in, in a sense, right? Like that we have that soul self and then we have... All of these other selves, right? And so that is Sebek. And I want to um, introduce a little bit about that. Now, we also are with the twins. So we're dealing with, um, I said the element is air. Um, and this is a mutable air. So this air sign comes to dissolve the things, okay? It comes to dissolve the things. Before I move on to that, I want to say I lost my thought. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. I remember now. I wanted to say, so with that document and you got, you're like, ooh, this is good. But hold on. I don't understand how I'm supposed to look at this chart and make sense of that. So anything in your third house is influenced by Gemini. So look at your third house. Anything in that third house, that is Gemini's home. That is its domicile. That who run it? Mm-mm. Who running? Oh, shit. These niggas ain't running. Uh, shit with y'all talking. All right, so that's who runs it <laughs> in, the, in the third house. Um, and, and, and so anything in there belongs to Gemini. And let's say you look at your third house. It's nothing there. Well, a lot of astrologers would say, good job. This is not a focus for you in this lifetime. Let's look at the other houses that have a lot of planets and a lot of things in it because that is the focus for this lifetime. And so um, that's great. However, you have a Mercury. I just told you Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, the one who and, and the owner of this house. So look at your Mercury. All of us have a Mercury in our chart. All of us have Gemini in our chart. But your Mercury will tell you how you... Um, funnel in that Gemini energy into your life. So look where your Mercury is. You'll learn a lot about your Gemini tendencies and look in your third house and there too you will learn a lot about your Gemini tendencies. Okay? Now moving on. Um, 
it's a mutable energy. What's mutable, Safi? I'm glad you asked. Well, mutables are the energies that dissolve a season. So, so that way a new season can start. And so Gemini is here to dissolve spring. It's been a nice ride. And as we already know here in New Orleans, it is popping off and fucking hot. So pray for the waters. <laughs> pray that the waters are heated um, and that the rain is beautiful and that um, our waters stay calm enough to not make any Oya um, hurricanes or any things of that nature. So pray for our waters and the calmness and that it copes with the heat that it's bringing this summer because we're not even here yet and we're already seeing like, wow, this is going to be a hot summer. Um, so Gemini comes and says, hey... Spring was awesome. You know, thank you, Aries. Thank you, uh, Taurus. This has been a great ride, and I get to finish it up while I'm going to make sure we go out with a bang. We're going to have a good time. We're going to think about what we learned this spring, and we're going to go ahead and dissolve and move on to summer, and that is when cancer takes over. So we will be celebrating this June 21st our summer solstice um and i would have to look at my calendar i always say the 21st but it fluctuates and that's what i need people to understand about astrology is that <laughs> it fluctuates baby it's a flow you know what i'm saying it's seasons it's cycles so um it goes that could be the 20th on one month i mean one year and then the 21st on another year but my calendar is saying the 21st and um, so that is what we're celebrating the solstice. This is a holy day. If you can take that time off, hopefully you're getting this in the beginning of June. If you can look at your calendar and be like, hey, can I call out? This would be a great time to do it. Um, of course, we're bringing in, so dissolving the air. The air is dissolving and we're bringing in water. So I think it's a really good time for you to be around water. If you can get to the beach, get to the beach. Um, if you could just get to the bayou, get to the bayou, you can put a freaking, um, slip and slide in your fucking porch, put a slip and slide in your porch, like, well, not your porch, in your front yard, whatever, get around water, um, and, and really this last month is to, to sit with what we, to sit with all that we've, we've digested from these last few seasons, which has been a lot. Y'all know it's been a lot. And we'll get more into the transits in a second. So, um, and then I'm going back. So I'm going all the way back to, uh, Eshu is the crossroads. Eshu is the crossroads. It's literally the cross that we see and why the cross is such a holy symbol for all of us. Um, and that was what you'll see at, on the altar is a cross, a shade, like a cross made in Efun, which is eggshell powders. And then I have to go back and talk about Ibeji. So Ibeji is the African principles of the twins in, in, in Ifa principle, in Ifa spirituality, is the twins. And Gemini is the twins. Um, a little bit about uh, Ibeji, um, I would like you to really, I have linked at the very bottom, um, the astro audio from 2018 i go into more depth in there i feel like um i'm keep it short here <laughs> but the, the belief of twins is that it is one soul that is split in two 
one soul that is split in two. And so um, twins around the world are considered a double blessing. Children, period, are blessings. So for a womb that held two, ay Dios mio, this is amazing. You are goddess personified. You should never have to work ever because you have two children. It means double, double the milk, double the work, double the everything, right? So parents, mothers specifically, but families of twins are honored in communities that respect the power of twins and respect the healing properties of children coming as gifts. Um, there's also a lot of rituals that go into the um, Ibeji, the twins. They are, they have uh, cuffs that they wear. They have a lot of rituals that they go. They have, that's what we see people who wear the same clothes. Um, um, as twins, a lot of that comes from African principalities that, you know, both should get everything. This is the same soul. So we need to give the same to each child. We can't favor, that's not good to, well, I won't say good, but favoring a child in general is an interesting concept. But especially when we get with twins that are literally raised in the womb together they know each other so well they can have a communication that no other person can break and so um treating them equally is huge um another thing that happens in um the yoruba tradition is that if a twin one twin passes. Um, the other twin has to do a lot of work because, once again, that is a connection that cannot be broken, not even through death. And so if a twin does leave, um, then the child has to go through very special care of making sure that if they feed themselves, they have to feed their spirit twin the same food. If they buy this, they have to buy two of the things always to, to partition the other spirit who is not there because it is um, known that that spirit on the other side will want their twin and will try to get their twin to come where they are. So there's a lot of spiritual work that goes around um, the transitioning of one twin while the other one is still alive. And so um, I have the Ibeji too that will be on the altar as the centerpiece. There's one male, one female, one boy, one girl to once again uh, talk to the African principles of we are all one. We are one being that walks with both sexualities always. Um, and twins, especially a boy and a girl twin, really get to personify what that means on an earthly, they get to walk it and live it out in a very earthly um, way. And so they will be there. They are fun energy. This is a fun deity, the twins, the Ibeji. These are the children. I'm kind of going into all of it, so you may not really need to go listen to them. <laughs> but they are the children of Shango. Ironically, in all the literature that I've read so far, there's hundreds and thousands of stories. But what I always hear is that um, the father is Shango. The mother will change. In some traditions, is Oshun. Oshun always has the twins, and that's what you hear a lot of. But in other traditions, I've read that it's Oya that had the twins. Um, or another female deity that had the twins. So I think that that's so interesting, but it's always that their, their Baba is Shango. Which Shango, if you don't know, um, is the owner of the Oko. 
is the owner of the penis, is the owner of fertility, is the owner of sperm. So it makes sense that um, he be the one to to powerhouse two babies. Um, so we give thanks for that energy to put him in there. So I think that covers what's on the altar and the base principles of Gemini. Um, I want to talk again about the twins for two seconds, looking at my notes. Um, so this is a little bit of Anatomy 101, and it's not taught in school, and it really needs to be, is that um, 23 and 23, so to, to 46. Okay, just making sure. So the over the egg the ovum itself the egg that is in uh, female bodied folks has all of the chromosomes it needs to make a baby i need to say that again the egg the ovum in female bodied folks has everything it needs to make a baby ironically what happens during fertility um, or conception to be specifically, is that the egg aborts 23 of its chromosomes. It moves it to what is called the polar body. You can Google that, the polar body of the ovum. And you'll see it, it's like a little halo that is around the egg. So it moves 23 of its chromosomes out to the polar body while it waits for the sperm to come and penetrate. Once the sperm comes and penetrates, it aborts, it fully aborts the other 23 chromosome taking in the one of the, the sperm. Um, my other mentor called Wapio, I love, instead of calling the polar body, she calls it the ancestral body, which really speaks to me. Um, intuitively, I was happy to hear about this because there was... You would always hear there was a time where there was no men. There was a time where there was no men. There was a plate time where there was no men on earth. And I'm like, well, then how do we make babies? And so to know that we have all the chromosomes in that egg, the 43, um, three, making sure I'm saying because it it's 23, 23, 46, <laughs> um, that we need and that we choose to abort um, really is huge for me. It makes me also feel like the universe, if it ever came down to where there was only one woman left, that we would be able to impregnate ourselves, which is fucking crazy. Um, it also alludes to that there may be a third type of twin, which we would not know unless it was specific chronicalized documentation done on a woman through conception to where a sperm actually impregnates that polar body. And so there is theories that there is a third twin called the polar twin, where a sperm not only impregnated the nucleus of the ovum, but also impregnated the chromosomes that were moved to the polar or the ancestral body. I know, that's a lot of information, but y'all needed to know. And we... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all needed to know, and I thought it was good. So the power of twins, the power of fertility, this is also why I know a lot of um, stories talk about the twins coming from Oshun because she governs fertility. So this is her 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 wheelhouse. Um, and Oshun um, in Greek mythology would be Venus, would be Lakshmi, would be Hetheru, okay? So... I think we can move on from here now. This is Gemini, though. It's intense, and I love it. Um, the cards, right? So I want to just talk about a little bit on that chart again. The cards are, the tarot cards, 
are the lovers and the magician. And I looked at that and I sat with that for an interest a, a little while. The magician, I immediately got, but the lovers, I was like, really? The lovers card? Okay. And Gemini? Okay, let me look. And I was looking at the lovers card. I was like, oh shit. Okay, I get it. So the lover card speaks of two souls coming back together. And when we talk about twin fame and when we talk about soulmate, that is also another principle that goes aside or outside of that twin, the, the, the twin physical realm. Your soulmate or your twin flame is supposed to be the person that you were made whole with. Like you're already a whole person. I mean, I say that. You're a whole person. They're a whole person. But your destinies, y'all have a, a, a entwined destiny that when you two come together, you fulfill a higher destiny. And that is what the lover card is talking about and why it also invokes the Gemini energy, just like the twins, that when these two lovers come together, they are now becoming one person and they were always one person who was separated through circumstances and now get to come back again in this lifetime. <laughs> beautiful and so how gemini and mercury energy works with the magician is very very um basics if you look at the magician card you have all of your four elements and all of your four elements you need to know those it's before you can start magic right i'm um, working with some beautiful my family members around the tarot and I'm teaching them the way my mentor um, Ayana one of my mentors um, Mama Ayana taught me is you know when you get your tarot deck you put it on your altar and you let it sit for seven days after you let it sit for seven days you go through one card a day one card a day so it's something like 78 so you're going to take about three months to go through a whole deck right but you shuffle it you say your intentions you put it on your altar you let it sit for seven days and you pull a card once a day and you really get to see what that card does well learning those cards is the way we teach right back to the fundamentals of teaching um lower education is sight words you know, learning a card and just studying a card and getting to see how it flows into your day is sight words for that energy. So now that you know what that card does, when it comes time to building sentences, making spreads, then you can read it because you know the words. That's the same. That is exactly what the magician card is doing as above, so below. It's saying, okay, here's the wand. Here's the pinnacle. Here's the sword. Here's the cup. Here are all of my four elements. Here are all my sight words. And now that I know what this is, I can start to make spells. Got to know your elements first before you can make spells. So that is what the magician is trying to know your elements. You have to study. You have to use your mind. You have to use Gemini. And if you can make it fun, because Mercury is, in a, <laughs> is an owner of other houses, making it fun is key here in the house of Gemini. Once again, speaking to um, these people, going back to our ancestors that we invoked, Curtis Mayfield, um, giving these deep song, keep on pushing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, ooh, your people may get you by and by. Your people may get you by and by. He's dropping some serious shit. Like, your people may never get you, but they may get you by and by. But you have to keep on pushing, saying these really deep, 
anthems over beats that you can just jam and dance to. That is that is the way Gemini moves. Same thing with Prince. Fun, fun energy. But don't get tripped up because you can think these are some low, these, these, uh, I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> the street philosophers. A lot of times we want to go to these these big schools and these big studies where everything you need is around your neighborhood. There's a guy sitting on your corner that has seen more in trance, in the ethereal, in meditation than people have seen who have traveled the whole world. Go talk to that brother. Go talk to him. He, he is your school. And so... Us being aware of what is in our neighborhood and the people that we have uh, access to is so powerful. And that is what the Magician card does. There's a lot more on that sheet. Take care of it. We're going to jump into this new mood magic, which is a lot. And already we're in on time. It's 50 minutes right now and we ain't even get to everything. So thank you for staying with us. Let's get into the new mood magic. So... No more magic, no more magic, no more magic, a Um, There's a lot to address here, so I'm going to try to be gentle with all these notes that I have. Um, I have all those hyperlinks. Go check out those hyperlinks. I put them there so you can really get into them. Um, however, uh, I wanted to speak on a little bit of things because of the Scorpio full moon that we had last month. That Scorpio full moon was intense. Um, and I just want to send love and light to all of us and all the things that we're transmuting and transforming and going through. Like, it's a lot of work that we're doing here in these flesh shoots that we call the body. And knowing that we're spirits, it can be very challenging and very difficult. And so I want to just salute the work that we're doing. Um, and I also want to say for those of you that had an awesome Scorpio full moon that maybe involved a lot of great sex, like amazing, wonderful, like I'm glad it was intense and great for you as well. But for a lot of people that I know, there was a lot of funerals. It was people in hospitals. There were um, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of relationships breaking up. And so um, I feel like I dropped the ball because I was like, I can't really find any information. Here's this article, Scorpio rules this, keep it moving. And I note to self that I will always go and pull the chart for our Scorpio full moon. So that way, and our Scorpio new moon, just so we can be very clear, especially dealing with energies of transformation, death, and occult sciences. That's something we might want to know about. So, I'm really calling this new moon that we have on June 3rd, the recovery moon. It's like, whew, you know, we get a little break here with our emotions, but yes and no. We have to know how to work with the energy this um, new moon that is happening on June the 3rd at 5.01 p.m. in Gemini. So, each season... We get a new moon and we get a full moon. And in the season, the sign that we're in, so we're in Gemini, that is the season that we're in, that is the sign, that is the energy, we get that new moon. And then we get a full moon um, that works as well. So the way that I use new moons and full moons is new moons, I sew in the energy. Um, this, that's where I do all my work is on the new moons. That is where you sow your seed. Um, on the full moon, you get your progress report. You get to see 
what has happened. And we did a lot of magic. I don't know if you did, but we, as my community, we did a lot of magic during the Taurus um, new moon because we know that Taurus rules our money and our possession, you know, that wanting, that desiring. So that was a great time to do a lot of magic for the year. And so we got a progress report on Scorpio that was like, whoo, a lot of cleaning of houses, a lot of moving of energy, a lot of like get your shit together kind of energy if this is what you want, if this is what you say you really want. Um, and now we're in Gemini where we can take some of those lessons that we got from our progress report. And in this new moon, sow some things, get some, get, have a new perspective on what we want and what still needs to be tweaked. Before I go into that, I really want to talk about the solar eclipse that is happening on June the 2nd. And it's going to take us back and time travel with, we have North Nodes and South Nodes. And long story short, our South Node is um, the energy that we already know, the energy that we're comfortable in is our South Node. Um, and our North Node is like our North Star. It's the energy that is new, is the energy that we need to work on, it is the energy that is um, unfamiliar, that it is our, our I like to do these sounds so tough, but it would it, it, if it is wise of us to work with our North Node um, energies. And so for all of us this year, the focus is, the North Node focus is on cancer. So cancer, cancer, cancer. And our South Node is in Capricorn. So there's a lot of, you know, work, 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 work. I need to work. I need to get this. I need to build a structure. I need to build. And it is. We have a lot of other astrological, th uh, astrological things like um, Saturn being in Capricorn. So literally being home for two years. Um, we have a lot of powerful energy like that happening in Capricorn. So it is a focus but if we stay so hard on that, we'll break. It's slow moving energy, right? And so cancer is the north node to work with this, which is to telling us to remember to nurture yourself. Remember to love on yourself. Remember to care for yourself. Remember your traditions. Remember to appease your mother and petition your mother and love your mother. A love mothering energy that supports you, the nurturing parent. So sometimes your nurturing parent isn't your mother. So it could be your father, but the nurturing energies that pour into you, make sure we're pouring back into those things as well. Um, really loving on our emotional self, taking care of our emotional body. We're so caught up in the physical body, which we have to be, but sometimes we, not sometimes, we neglect, purely we neglect the feelings, the, the emotional body. And, and this year, Cancer is the North Node, which is really telling us that we have to make sure that we are honoring both our home and our work. And we got the work, especially in the West. We know how to fucking work here. We're workhorses, you know, fucking coming from slavery and rehabbing to find our whole system and bring pulled back traditions from Africa. We got working down. Um, but do we have rest down? Do you have rest down? Like, are you, do you know rest? You know what I'm saying? Do you know nurture? Do you know care? Do you have that down? Are you a care, like, professional? All right. That's what cancer wants us to do. And so this eclipse that is happening on the second eclipse means 
completions, so endings and new beginnings. And for those of y'all who are sun cancers, this is a solar eclipse. This year is, you already know it's transformational. I have some cancers that literally have lost their whole collections of crystals. Um, I've, I've, our cancers are getting, our sun cancers are getting strongly transformed this year, especially when it comes to the moons and the sun energy. But yet all of us are feeling it. And so this eclipse, and I want eventually the once, but the, the soul, my soul uh, looks forward to the time where I can literally travel to countries and witness these eclipses in all the countries. We won't have another one back in the United States for about like six years, maybe six to five years. Um, but this one is happening in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, yeah, because the Atlantic is over there. I always forget which ocean. Pacific Ocean, and it falls into Chile. Chile or Chile. I try to my Spanish pronunciation in, in Chile. I'm sorry. And in Argentina. So the folks in Argentina and over in Central America, down in Chile and Argentina, they're going to be able to see this solar eclipse. And um, they said also in New Zealand, they'll be able to have a little bit of the sight um, as well, which I thought is interesting. But this is the eclipse that is happening. We're all going to feel it. It's in Cancer. Some of the energies is that we're going to be learning a lot about how our lessons work with our ancestral energy our dreams are um it's, it's pisces energy so our psychic abilities our lessons the way we are restricted the way that we build legacy legacy the way that we move slowly is working and so also pluto which is scorpio energy that we just talked about again so our occult sciences death transformation sexuality um joint resources those two saturn and uh, pluto are working in harmony they are sextile um, neptune and neptune is that pisces energy so our dreams literally our dream states it's the 12th house the ethereal I, I really relate to that as the ancestor house our memory of our soul 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 so we're going to dive deep into that and then it being in like working with that north node is right beside it's trining the North Node that I just talked about in Cancer is working like ridiculously well with Neptune again. So it's like we're going to have some crazy ass fucking insights about our ancestral projective, our our soul self, our our ethereal, our immortality self, and the harsh lessons that we've learned on living on this planet though, how those work together with each other beautiful time for the solar eclipse i do want us to be beware about um how we're thinking how we're um using our aggression and how we're using our determination to do things um and how we're wanting to expand so the way that we're thinking the way that we move with aggression and force and the way that we want to expand is not really in the mix is not working well with that eclipse so getting things done and being all you know maybe even having to do a lecture communicating writing a lot of things um and wanting to publish it you know and put it out into the masses mm, not so much this is a really a time to deal with the unseen world 
the unseen world. All the work is happening on that plane and nurturing yourself, your emotive self. That Once again, the body that you can't see, the body you can feel. All right. Jumping now, that happens on June 2nd, which in some places, that's already the new moon. We don't experience a new moon till June 3rd um, at 5.01 p.m. in Gemini. But like we had the, I mean, literally it's the eclipse and it's riding in to this new moon. So a lot of things, um, because eclipses, endings and new beginnings, things can be ending during this new moon. Things can be beginning during this new moon. Um, be patient with yourself, be patient with yourself. So some of the aspects also same and same things, um, that are happening with the, um, eclipse is that the moon, the sun and Jupiter, Jupiter forming a T square, which means it is like, fuck you to Neptune and Neptune once again is that Pisces energy. So the 12th house our house of undoing, our house of karma, our house of um, dreams, our ancestral, our immortality self, the moon, which is our emotive self, our sun, the way we go for our, our destiny, we'll leave it there. The way we expand is, is a middle finger up to Neptune, <laughs> to that Pisces energy. It's not working, right? However, what is working with Neptune is our Venus, which is the way that we see beauty, the way that we create, the way that we dress, you know, the way that we visually stimulate ourselves, our money, our resources, and Saturn. Those smacks on the hand that we've gotten during life is working great with Neptune. It is sextile that. So that is the way we have to use this energy. This is not an energy to really quote unquote, like I said, get shit done. Um, to get shit done here on this plane, like to expand it to the world, not necessarily the time, but through hard work and through understanding and slow building, this is a great time to like play with your dreams and ask for things to come to you in your dreams. This is a great time to really understand like your psychic capabilities to know like, uh-uh, like I'm not supposed to go there. I am supposed to be with that person. I'm not supposed to work with those folks. Those type of things will be heightened. North Node and Neptune um, are, okay, I have North Node is trying Neptune. Um, and so we just, we talked about that with the, um, with the, um, solar eclipse. And then I also have the North node is in opposition to Pluto. Okay. And I thought it was conjunct, but here I have opposition. So we're going to roll with it. So, um, Pluto and your North Node in Cancer that wants to nurture and love on yourself. And Pluto, which is that embodies that Scorpio energy, the underworld, um, the the deep waters, the the ice waters, the, the, the hell is what we call it, right? Cold and, and transformative uh, death. Trans that is not really seeing eye to eye, right? Nurturing yourself. The thing about oppositions is that they both want the same thing. 
So if you can let your rituals get a little play and then make sure that your rituals are nurturing yourself, that could be a way that both of them could get what they need. Scorpio wants to do that. The Pluto wants to go deep, wants to go into the underworld. But your Cancer, your North Node Cancer needs to be nurturing on yourself, needs to be loving on your home, wants to be at home. So how can we bring those two things together? Would You would benefit from that. Venus, once again, that is our beauty, possessions, money, is trying Saturn and Pluto. So with the things that are happening with Pluto, really sink into, once again, beauty. Our outlets this time for this new moon is really a moon that you should just lay back with and be in the other world and be around beauty and create beautiful things and do rituals that nurture yourself. You can focus on that and not focus on your ego, your dreams, your romance, um, your emotions, what you want to expand in the world. You're going to be straight. That's why I'm calling it the recovery moon because it wants you to, it's, it's saying fuck all that other shit. Just, just play in the underworld. Play in, in the mysterious part of, of the world. That is where you'll find your best play at. So now we get our progress report moving forward on the full moon on June. Damn it, my dates are not here. I want to say that's the 17th, whatever it says on there. I'm pretty sure it's June 17th. Um, is at 3.30. Um, and this full moon is in Sagittarius. And I don't have any of this written down, so I really hope this was right, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so because we just had the full moon. It's, yep, Scorpio, so we moved to Sagittarius. So this moon is in Sagittarius. This is when we're getting our... Um, our report and once again I love how we already talked about some of what if Sagittarius did it's the opposite of Gemini energy so instead of short distance travel like going to the grocery store Sagittarius rules long distance travel is when you got to get on a plane and you're going to a new place you've never been before uh, Gemini rules you know lower education K through 12 Sagittarius rules high education, you know, your bachelors, your doctors, your priests, your lowas, your yayas, your um your chiefs. Um uh so it's the opposite energy that we'll be working with coming this full moon and this full moon is going to be kind of intense like the um, Scorpio full moon. So we really do need to make sure that we're enjoying ourselves in June. Gemini is the party sign. It is the fun sign. It is the play sign. Yes, we're in our mind, but we're in our mind and we take our mind and we make fun magic with it. We do alchemy. It's the magician card. So really enjoy June as much as June because come 17th, we're going to be dealing with some more energies. Remember to stay in the ethereal world, to play with Venus, to play, to, to learn from your lessons, take your lessons and make good energy from it. Because once we get back to the uh, 17th, this full moon in Sagittarius, the moon and Jupiter are coupled. That means they literally are coupled. They're side by side. And they are squared. Oh, no, then I, yeah. So they're, okay, so the moon and Jupiter are coupled. So that's just to know when they're coupled, then we need to look at everything that is affecting the moon. And we need to look at everything that is affecting Jupiter. Like I said, I'm really excited 
for even all of this information that I'm getting you, you really want to get with musings and get that meditation for the moon because this is going to help you navigate this June. Um, so here again, Jupiter, moon, sun, and now Venus are all squaring Neptune, that Pisces. And Neptune is home in Pisces. As I was talking, like this is its home. It feels great here. This is the underworld. Neptune, you know, Poseidon's fort, deep down in the water, the king of the waters. It is home. And it is not dealing with expansion. It's not dealing with your energies, your emotional self is not dealing with what you think you are, your destiny are, is, and where you're going, and it's not dealing with how you view with beauty. All of that, it's like, don't it, once again, that square, it's, they're not working in harmony. However, when you look at energies and it's not working in harmony, you go, there's always, there's always a trine, there's always a mediator between planets that's what i love about astrology is even when people are beefed out when those planets are beefed out there's always a mediator and the mediator for this full moon is mercury and mars and saturn they are working well with this pisces energy so now we come back to jupiter i'm not you excuse me not jupiter we come back to that gemini energy um, and this is interesting. I never thought about that, but it's its twin Sagittarius when it's Sagittarius full moon and Jupiter is like its twin and Mercury is like, okay, Sag, I know you got a lot going on. Mercury's like, I got this. I know what I, I, I can take what the foundational information at K through 12 and I can help with what's going on with this Sagittarius, you know, my twin. I can help what's going on with this Sagittarius full moon. Um, Mars, this is, we'll have our aggression, um, but more like it's working with Neptune. So still, it's not for the world, it's, it's for us. All of this work in June is happening internal. This is a lot of internal work happening. And then Saturn. Saturn's the only thing that's like, okay, I'm external. <laughs> that Saturn is through and through. We, with all of the eclipses, with the new moon, Saturn is like, I got you. If you remember everything that is fucked over you, if you have remember all of the lessons you've learned, if you can remember to move slow. It's not built. The pyramids weren't built in a day. Well, maybe they were because <laughs> we were using all kinds of magic. But we it would use a specific type of magic that could have taken a long time to develop. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your ancestors because that's what I really look at this. I think of, like I said, Neptune is that ancestral house. And it's almost like this full moon and, and also in June, like, we're getting cut from the umbilical cord and our ancestors are kind of like, all right, let's see what you do. Let's see if you got this, right? And we're like, oh shit, you know, cause who are we without our ancestors? Oh, oh my God, like trying to like, when we get on the bike with the tricycles and we take our, our third wheel off and now we're just on two wheels. We're like, oh shit, you know, trying to get our footing. And if we can remember all the lessons that our ancestors taught us and if we can remember how to use high elevated mars energy so we're talking about mars energy that's the general this is also the, the planet of war to win a war you know you got to get past battle mentality you got to have a long vision so if we can use the high frequency of mars and be like nope 
I'm not going to act right now. I'm going to wait till I can check me, you know? And then once again, that Mercury using that high divinity towards what our ancestors are wanting us to um, birth in this lifetime. We're going to be good in this moon. Also, the moon um, is trying Uranus, which means that this is a, Uranus is Aquarius energy. So our moon is really like, I am unique. I am free. I am willing to tear up some shit if you won't let me do what I need to do or my sister or my brother. So this is the energy, this full moon, that we got to be careful about um, extremists. Um, you know, saying there's only one way to do something. There's only this way to do that because the we're not hearing it. We don't want nothing to do with that. It's the the there are many ways. There are many roads. You know, eschew. It's all kind of crossroads. Which direction will you go? You know, that's happening. The moon is also square Chiron, and Chiron is your wounds. So wounds will be also brought up in this full moon. The way. Um, long, deep, the, the wounds that we were given so that we can make medicine. That's what the Chiron is, the wounded healer. So the way that we are wounded so we can develop the medicine to heal ourselves and our community, that is going to be coming up to the surface in this full moon. Woo! So yes, June is packed. June is packed. Stay around people you actually like. <laughs> um, because... The people that you have that telepathy with, I have beautiful friends that literally, I don't really need to say anything to them. They know. I can look at them and they can tell what's going on. Um, those are the kind of people you want to be with because so much of the work is going to be internal already that um, you want to make sure that you're with the people that you feel. And so we hope that, you know, now... Oh my goodness, Leo's coming up two years strong. We'll be two years in a few seasons that um, I'm about to cry, oh gosh, uh, that you feel that ascendance is a place for you to be home and that for you, it, it is a place for you to take all of your um, trials and tribulations, <laughs> amen, and um, you know, your goals and your accomplishments and to be reverenced, you know, here at this temple that we call ascendance, at this ritual that we call ascendance. So I'm glad that you'll be coming out and partying with us. Uh, we'll be thick into a lot of the energy shifts that are happening. So this will be a good place to let that Mars free, let that energy out a little bit in a very, um, in a safe and or safer and controlled, you know, environment. And I use that word very loosely, meaning that it's our space, it's protected, um, it's purified, it's for you. So um, I have the transits here but really go and look at the transits i don't really want to talk too much about it there there are some major things that are happening on the fourth mercury enters cancer so our mental perspectives are going to be changing of course but musings has you hooked up there for that venus enters gemini so venus is going into the, the uh, earth's energy is going into the air so our sexy is going to and our money we're going to be thinking about those things um saturn is working very well with neptune again once again if we could take all of that ancestral memory and let it work for us this is good 
Um, the sun enters cancer on the 21st, so we'll be going into cancer season. And also that is our summer solstice. So happy birthday, cancers. We'll be coming to you soon. And happy summer. Happy summer, y'all. Please try to take that day off or just make sure you celebrate the Saturday after that, that Sunday. Take that weekend and really enjoy the summer, the lazy days. You know, go out and be in nature, you know, just... Water, really, though, because it's hot than a bitch. But, like, be, be, be. Just be. Allow that sun and, and, and allow yourself. Because everybody didn't make it, you know, to summer. You did. So, when respect that you made it to another season and take that time for yourself. Um, Neptune. This is what is funny. I knew I starred that. Neptune retrogrades in Pisces on the 21st and stays there until November 27th. So, all the things that we just talked about. Neptune is cutting up these next few moons, this whole June. And it's like, okay, now that I started shit, I'm about to go in. Like, it's like, I did everything I needed to do. Now I'm gonna go inside and y'all can work that out, the planet, and I'll figure it out inside. So um, we're gonna take all of these things that get have gotten brought up over the course of what's May and June. And we're really gonna sit with that energy until November 27th. So everything that comes up, don't worry, you will have time to work with it um, and then Mercury enters Leo on the 27th um, and those are your major transits that are happening on June happy birthday Gemini's we love you we love you it's so ironic because this Gemini season is tense <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's deep and so we really I'm grateful that it's a party sign I'm, I'm grateful that it's a house of innocence um of communication of of being able to even already talking this astro audio felt very clear um so I love when I'm in um mercury season gemini season because it feels like I can really just penetrate what I need to say to a motherfucker or person <laughs> Let me stop. I cuss. Y'all know I got a potty mouth. So I thank you for this energy. I thank you for the ability. Like, you know, um, Senora y, uh, Gali, Gal, Galindo, you know, Hermelia. I, I thank you for that energy for us. To, every magazine, every zine, every publication, every blog, this podcast. I would not be able to do this without... Gemini energy. So we salute you. Happy birthday, Geminis, and happy Gemini season to all of us. Until next time, remember the work is within in June and have fun, rest, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Under the moon and over the sky.